Coming up, we have Mark Benneke and Johnny Strauser here to recap the Century Tournament of Champions, where we saw Cam Smith take down John Rahm. And then we also preview the second leg of the Hawaii Swing with the Sony Open. We go through the odds board, give our analysis there. And then we ask the question, which player would you choose to shoot 65 to save your life? That was a fun debate. All coming up. Welcome to Your Best Bets. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. Traditionally, we record this the golf show on a Monday night. But, of course, the national championship game uh, last last night took precedent over the podcast. So we're recording this on Tuesday. Luckily, myself and both of the gentlemen with me, we all picked the right side, bet the right side of that game last night. We're going to review the uh, Century Tournament of Champions tonight. Uh, talk about what we saw last week. And uh, it's only been two days, but it feels like it's been forever since Cam Smith took down John Rahm on Sunday. And we're going to be looking ahead to the Sony Open with the full, first full field event of the year. This event is much more my style compared to last week where we've got just a middling bunch of dudes to bet on and uh, can't wait to talk about it. Mark Benneke is here He's back. Mark, uh, last time we were talking, we were talking about Charlie Woods. So we're actually going to talk about real uh, real PGA Tour players tonight. That's perfect. I'm excited, ready to go. I think uh, after my heartbreak, I experienced Sunday watching the Colts debacle in Jacksonville. Um, I can't get to talking about golf soon enough. So thanks for having me back, Phil. Uh, I'm excited, ready to go. As always, you're always welcome on, Mark. And Johnny Strouser is here. Johnny, we sweated that one out last night, but we, we got the right side in the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I, uh, I, I w- went to bed, I think, about at halftime there, or just after halftime, and was really, really pissed with how the game was going. And I was like, there's no way. And uh, woke up in the morning to some good news uh, to get that win there. But uh, looking forward to talking about Sony and uh, the last week of the Mark Rolfing uh, world tour before he goes back into hibernation. We we grinded through some really really rough Stetson Bennett stretches last night to get to the fourth quarter where the good Stetson Bennett came out and uh, yeah we prevailed. Yeah, Mark Rolfing, uh, big big Mark Rolfing couple weeks here. Um, the way he says nota bigay is it just drove me crazy on Sunday. He I've he pronounces and enunciates that T so soundly it was driving me nuts. And uh, you know, the way the balls would just kind of trundle down the fairway and they wouldn't stop. And you could just, you could just kind of feel the glimmer in Mark Rolfing's eye. Oh, he was just, I mean, just in heaven. I mean, just like he will be this week, just like he does every year at Kapalua. Um, he's got that certain way. And I, I, I didn't really notice the, the no tuck thing but now i will and it's probably going to drive me nuts so cam smith guys oh go ahead mark uh quick quick note on rolf our buddy rolf is it just me or does he much prefer kapalua over wiley is that due to the geographic where he's from but he seems a little bit more rolf-esque i I think he lives on maui and not on oahu from what i understand so it's a little more native and he helped consult with the uh, core and crenshaw on the uh, kapalua build so it's got his um it's got his direct input on it as in the actual design so i i would kind of i don't know for for doing that and i think that's that's probably the biggest reason why uh, I, i'm just going to defer to johnny on all mark rolfing uh items the rest of the podcast because <laughs> he does know his rolfing that's for sure uh, Cam Smith, guys, fourth PGA Tour win, uh, second solo victory. I guess his first solo since the Sony Open in 2020, and uh, sets a PGA Tour scoring record along with Rom and, and Matt Jones. Um, you know, Sunday I watched the entire thing. I kept waiting for the Cam Smith that would hit an errant tee shot, the, the Cam Smiths that would get himself into trouble around the green where he'd make a bogey, make a double bogey. And it, frankly, it just didn't happen. He didn't really miss a shot. How impressed were you with Cam Smith, Mark? 
I mean, I think it was great. I think, as you mentioned, Phil, did not uh, really didn't show a chink in the armor. And I think what's impressive, what we can really take away from from his performance this week, you know, while it was a, a birdie fest, you know, obviously with the soft conditions, it was well documented throughout the week. Um, just nice to see that, uh, I mean, this guy can keep pace. And, and granted, not every tournament that he's going to be in the hunt, it's not always going to get time of you know, take form as, as century did, but, uh, just the fact that he can keep up. I mean, obviously by this time, we all know he's not scared of anything. Um, and to make the birdies like that, uh, I, I think it just goes to show that there's still room for him. Obviously he's, he's a long hitter off the tee, but when you think Cam Smith, don't think of, uh, you don't think of brute force and brute strength, obviously gets it done multiple different ways. And, uh, to duel it out with John Rahm, you know, I, I a little bit surprised that uh, that he did come out on top. Just just seeing, um, you know, I think I think John Rahm coming off his 2021 campaign where he was, uh, you know, really turned into a bona fide star. Obviously, everybody knew John Rahm's um, background, but uh, I think I think this kind of goes to show that you know Cam Smith is you know up now top ten in the world. I think he's uh, I, I don't know where his world ranking is, but he's now firmly inside the top 10. And I think it just goes to show what type of player he is and that, hey, anytime uh, you put together these elite type fields, Cam Smith's always going to, uh, you know, he's always going to factor if, if he's, you know, on his, on his best form. Yeah, he is, he is right at number 10 in the world. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago in the President's Cup, remember he took down JT in singles and, uh, you know, he's, he, he really, uh, in the 2020 Fall Masters, he, he really kind of went toe-to-toe with DJ for a while before DJ pulled away. And now this this last Sunday against Rom, so he, he's kind of forming himself to be a bit of a giant killer. And, uh, Johnny, a couple of things surprised me. Number one, his length off the tee. I mean, he was out driving Rom pretty much every single hole, and John Rom is not short. Um, I do think the wide fairways benefited uh, – or, you know, it kind of helped Cam feel more comfortable because he driving is probably his, I guess, his his weakest area of his game. We know his short game is as good as anyone in the world. Um, this guy's, he might be setting up for a multiple win season, no? I could definitely see that. Um, I think the golf course definitely uh, clearly favored uh, his game, not necessarily over Rob, but th- they favored his strengths. Uh, if you look at some of the events where he's played well, but not finished the the job there, um, one one event I remember um, was the WGC at the concession, and he was he was definitely in contention at that at that event up through Sunday there, and then I think he uh, uh, made double or triple on a hole by knocking the water off the tee and and then hitting a poor shot there. So he, he'll sometimes get a little wayward with, uh, with the driver, with, with some irons and at some key moments. Um, but with the huge fairways, how they ran out and it was very, very difficult to get into trouble there. And, you know, you're going to hit a lot of greens there at Kapalua and you look at it, there's no wind. I mean, it was just very, very unlike the, uh, the, the normal conditions that are out there. So, you know, he didn't really have to worry about it. He does hit it long enough as it is, but, uh, um, you know, this is one where it was just basically, can he make the putts? Cause he's going to hit it. Uh, he's going to hit it long. He's going to hit it on the green and give himself a lot of opportunities, which when you're winning at that point and you've got John Rahm, you know, a couple shots behind you, you've just got to keep hitting greens, giving yourself birdie putts and, and convert those. And he rolled the ball really, really well. And um, yeah, I could definitely see him winning again later on this season. Uh, you know, you get golf courses that maybe have a tough stretch or something like that to where, um, you know, if he does hit it offline or something like that, what he's, what he's done in the past, you know, that could definitely hurt him. But I mean, I, he's talented enough in his all around game that uh, I could see him. Yeah, definitely winning sometime later on the season in 2022. John Rahm. Uh, I don't know if there's any been any, anyone that's been more snake bitten the last 12 months. So this week he sets a, a PGA tour scoring record, finished the second. We, we know what happened at the Memorial uh, last June. Uh, 
he he basically has the low 72 hole score at the tour championship wins the gross title but not the net um his strokes gained is the last 12 months is is just drastically higher than the second place guy however he still just got the one win um I mean, at some point, do you think Ron becomes frustrated or is he just, is he just due to break out and win a bunch? Mark, what do you think? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, after, after Sunday's round, you know, John Rom said, Hey man, I don't, I don't have anything really to be disappointed about. He said it was bittersweet. Um, so, you know, based off, based off those comments, I don't think John Rom's the type of guy that's, you know, going to let these near misses affect him i mean obviously you mentioned what happened last uh last summer at memorial you know obviously the the positive COVID 19 test um, coming off what he shot 63 or whatever that day so i think if there was ever a time um that this guy could kind of have the uh woe is me type attitude or or why do these things always happen to me that would have been the time i think over the course of his career obviously he's proven time and time again that he'll come back. I think this is a situation where, you know, every time this guy puts himself into the hunt, you know, doing it so frequently, I think it just builds his confidence and he, and he kind of starts snowballing, right? So where he's getting more and more momentum. And I think that, uh, you know, as, as we move along the West coast swing, I think, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll see him pick up a win here quickly. Um, I think he's got to be the, the favorite here in a few weeks when, when they head out to Tory. Um, you know, definitely going to be on my, on my can't miss list that week. So no, I, I I don't see, I don't see this near miss, uh, really affecting him at all or slowing him down. Uh, I I imagine he'll be like plus 500 at Torrey in a couple of weeks. Uh, and and Johnny, he's got all that perspective built in right now, right? Well, of course. I mean, he, you know, he, he has the, uh, the child, so that just brings in perspective and, you know, when you got that kind of perspective with the with the uh, the children there, I'm sure that that uh, um, you know makes golf a little less important. But I, I really think that, uh, and I don't know if it's as he's gotten a little bit older here, and he's still not that old. But as he's gotten older, he's just learned that he's probably better than everybody. So he just says, you know what, I'm going to keep playing my game. Um, the wins will come. Um, you know, I could see maybe if these are, if we're looking at major championships or WGCs or a player's championship, there's something with a, um, a little bit more prestige that if he, if he gets snake bitten at some of these events here, then, you know, I think that'll be, um, you know, something that may end up frustrating him a little bit, but again, he's the type of guy that I think, you know, he just kind of understands that uh, he's going to keep playing good golf. And um, I think his team around him knows that uh, he's going to play good golf and he, the wins will come. Um, and, you know, he's just hit a, a patch where the, the most just random and unfortunate things have occurred. And that can't happen for an entire career. So now I'm not worried about him in the future here. I even still expect him to have a, have a big year here. So um, we'll see how that goes, but you know, it's just, I, I think this is just another step and just kind of another, just one-off type experience here shooting such a low score and not end up winning. Still love him for the Masters. Uh, I still feel yes. really, I feel really good about him winning that tournament. Um, and, and just to review, uh, you know, some of our best bets we gave out last Wednesday. You hit three matchups, so matchup king Johnny here. Um, you hit the JT top five. He was absolutely just trash on Thursday and played himself out of a win. We both loved JT last week, and he he was insane after Thursday, but it was too little too late, but he gets the top five. I hit the Cam Davis top 20. That was my one of the five that I hit at plus 100, and Zach hit a matchup as well. Um, so not our best, but you uh, you did well with your matchups, and uh, we'll see what happens this week. Anything else from Kapalua from either one of you guys on on anyone else? I know we're talking about Cam and and Rom the most. Any, any anything noteworthy from any other player? Yeah, Johnny, not to not to jump in here, but one thing I was surprised really be interesting to see what uh, comes out of Bryson DeChambeau. Obviously, I know we haven't moved on to Sony yet, but uh, pulling out of the Sony Open with the wrist injury pretty hard to believe that a guy like Bryson, I think Brooks and Bryson both 
uh, shot 16 and 15 under respectively, not even really in the ballpark. And, you know, if you look at a golf course with uh, massively wide fairways, again, less of a premium on driving the ball accurately. Bryson did lead the, lead the field in, uh, in driving distance, um, but was all the way down, I think, 34th or 35th in the 38-man field in total driving. So uh, that kind of stood out to me a little bit a little bit worrisome there for uh, for Bryson and Brooks. I, I think DeChambeau is – I mean, he's still the – I'll go I'll go and say he's the best driver of the golf ball of, of all time, you know, with how hard he hits it, playing under tournament pressure, um, and able to actually keep it in the fairway here. Um, but, you know, it's just it's, – he, he probably took a long layoff, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's – these guys aren't really worried about, you know, peaking their games for, for this time of year. I mean, they want to play good, but uh, um, we'll, we'll see how, you know, how this goes going forward, but you know, how, how finicky is with, uh, uh, you know, with his equipment and everything like that. And, you know, I expect can, him. Can, can, can I interrupt? Best yes. driver, best driver of all time because oh, yeah. of the last, what, 15 months. And you're going to take him over a guy like Rory McIlroy, who's been doing it for, 10 plus years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, better <laughs> than most, long drivers. That's the most that's hot takey you've, you've, that's the most hot takey thing you've said what? in this podcast. What? Yes. Yes. I, yes. I mean, the guy hits it like 350 yards and, and can actually hit it, you know, inside of the golf course. I mean, this guy, they took what eighth at the world long drive contest. So he's the eighth longest driver in the world, but the guy can hit PGA tour fairways. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'll take Rory just about every single time, and and maybe I'll take him at certain tournaments over Bryson. But I mean, I don't think it's close. And and, and I'm kind of projecting, but I'm kind of projecting Bryson's going to keep this up for ten more years. I mean, if he suddenly gets the you know gets the with the hooks or something like that, you know, where he or or dials it down or something like that, then then obviously. But assuming this these fifteen months are you know, going to be another, you know, t- 10 years there, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, he's projecting to be the best, best ever, best at, I mean, out of anybody, I'm talking long drivers, PJ tour players, anything. Easy. That's not even, I mean, I didn't even think that that was that big, that hot takey, but okay. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, he, he, he should get more credit for being more accurate then people give him credit for it. You know, he, he, I mean, he does hit a lot of fairways. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm still very comfortable with, with saying Rory McIlroy's the best driver of the golf ball the PGA Tour has ever seen at this point. I just need the, the body work is bigger and I need to see more from Bryson with this, uh, this, this in his arsenal, I guess. Okay. I, I would, yes. I mean, if you look at the body of work, I mean, he's been doing it longer. I mean, Rory's kind of the, the OG of the impressive driving. I mean, maybe you could look at like Dustin Johnson, but Rory kind of revolutionized, you know, hitting bombs like that and just overpowering golf courses. But, you know, I, I guess I could say Bryson is trending to be the best driver of all time. We'll settle there. I like. I'm, I'm good with that. But I did want to say one more thing about Kapalua, though. Um, you know these numbers that these guys are putting up. I mean, 30 plus under par. I mean that is unreal on a on a 7400 yard golf course or something like that. But you know, in, in terms of betting, um, you know, sometimes I'll mention. I like to look at the weather forecast and stuff. Um, when the, when the conditions are like this, I mean, that golf course is made to, to where it's supposed to blow. I mean, the, it, it was a little bit soft the first couple of days. It still remains soft through the, the rest of the event there, but really looking at, at the weather there. And these guys, if the weather conditions are like that, you want guys who could just make a billion birdies. You want guys who can make putts at camp Smith's a really, really good putter. Um, and I, I'm sure if you looked at it and looked at the putting stats, the, 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 probably the strokes gain, T to green and, and everything like that's going to be probably a very little variance, but you know, look, Cam was just making everything. I mean, Rom would, Rom would sometimes make one, you know, that we saw on Saturday and Sunday and then Cam would be a foot inside of him and then just, you know, bury it right on top of him there. So pretty incredible stuff. I mean, it was just, you know, I don't like to see that stuff every week. And I, I know you say that as well, 
that we don't want to see those absolute birdie fests. But it was real cool to see just these just ridiculously low scores for for at least one week like that. I think it is it is a fun way to start the season, and I, I think in you know that golf course it's it is fun because there is variety to to the holes. It's it's a little different than anything we see the rest of the year with the, the contours of the fairways and. You know, it's 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 just a. I'm good with the birdie fest at, at that golf course. Um, anything uh, to to wrap up Kapalua for you, Mark? Not not really. I, I think I think we've got uh, got everything hit on. <laughs> He's like, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Who wants to talk um, about Sony? Sony, yeah. I, I mean, guys, I, I this is this is my kind of tournament, my kind of field, full field events. Uh, you know, I can. I can bet on guys uh, that are 125 to one that actually have a shot to win. Unlike last week, um, you know, we're going to Wiley country club, which is completely different than Kapalua. Uh, you know, Seth Rayner to design um, par 70 short course, just over 7,000 yards. Um, you know, I, I, the closest comp courses I think would be like sea islands Um uh, Sedgefields and I, uh, also a comparison, maybe if you want to go Harbor town, that's, that would work too. But, um, you know, what, what do you, what are you looking for this week in, in the, the winner, either one of you? Well, let me jump in here, Phil. I think that this tournament's always fun being that, uh, we get the two week Hawaii swing. Keep in mind four out of the last five years, the winner at the Sony open has also played at the century tournament of champions. So I think there's a lot to be said for guys that come over, you know, get four competitive rounds under their belt, you know, for some of the more rank and file type members of the tour, you know, a lot of these guys we haven't seen since, uh, since the Island there in the, the later stages of the wraparound year. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited, love this tournament. Um, you know, digging a little bit deeper as, as we take a look at, at who we're going to get into, uh, who we like this week. Um, not only has four of the last five winners also played at Kapalua, uh, the vast majority have went on to make the cut top 20 or top 10. So, uh, great event. I'm excited. You know, uh, I think, and Johnny, Johnny and Phil, you as well. I mean, you could jump in here. I don't know if we like these tournaments more just because they're courses that would suit our own games better. Uh, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but it is kind of fun watching a little bit of the, um, you know, watching a little bit of the the craft come out in the game as opposed to just bombing it down there and uh, hoping for the best. I think it's a true test of, you know, if, if guys can drive it long and straight, obviously you always have an advantage. But this, again, it brings in a different, uh, different profile of player that uh, can contend. So I'm excited for it to get started. Um, it's nice seeing a lot of names, you know, searching through the searching through the uh, board here. I, I've seen a lot of names that are jumping out at me. You mentioned the guys at 125 to one, et cetera. Uh, you know, you might not look at them on certain golf courses, you know, say half of the tour stops almost. There's guys that are in play this week that uh, really aren't on anyone's radar outside of outside of events like Sony. So excited to uh, excited for it to begin. Johnny, what what uh, what components of someone's game are you looking at this week? If you want to, you want to pick guys that are going to finish top ten. Well, we got to look at guys that hit the fairway. This um, this course is pretty tight, um, and if you get off the off the beaten path there a little bit, there's the there's the the big trees, the palm trees, and and whatnot that uh, make it difficult to come into these greens. Um, the greens are uh, they're pretty small. Um, so I'm not too concerned about the strokes gain, uh, approach because I think if you kind of get it on the green there, um, but yeah, going to be looking at, at, at good putters as well, because, um, you know, I think the, I, I think, you know, guys are going to hit a lot of greens and any, and, and even if they don't, they've got to be able to make putts here to be able to, to, to play well. Um, but, you know, typically we, you know, I, I tend to look at, players in a lot of events that uh um you know their strokes gain approach but i don't think that's as critical it's just guys who can kind of keep it the fairway and and if you look at guys who've won here played well here they they hit the ball pretty straight hit a lot of greens and, and are usually pretty good putters and and mark did say perfectly um we want to look at guys who played this last week as well 
Yeah, there's there's three things that I'm looking at. Um, you know, uh, so according to Data Golf, only Augusta ranks higher than um, than this golf course in predictive uh, finish. So it really shows that guys that have played here in the past their course history really matters. And uh, so if you, if you see a guy like Webb Simpson, you see a guy like Charles Howe, they're, they're consistently finished in top 10, top 20. Uh, there's a good chance it's going to happen again. Um, secondly, uh, 10 holes fall between 400, 400, 500 yards. So I'm looking at par four scoring guys that play uh, that length of par fours pretty well. And if you look at the last, I think five winners, we look at not Kevin, not last year, Cam Smith, Kucher in 19, shout out Zach Fitzgerald, uh, Patton Kazire in 18, and JT in 17. Last five winners, really good short games. And I think that's an underrated uh, thing around this course because they're small greens. You're going to you're gonna miss your share of greens. you got to get the ball up and down, and, and we usually the winner is doing that pretty well. So I'm going to be looking at guys that uh, fall in that category as well. Um, but this is, this, is, this is totally your Webb Simpson, your Kevin Kisner, track uh and it's no surprise those guys have done well here um in fact webb is the strokes game leader the last 36 rounds um uh by by a decent margin um let's get to the odds here um cameron smith going for the 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 hawaii double haven't seen that uh since jt in 17 correct um when he shot 59 here in the first round and just ran away with it the time before that was ernie ells in 2003. Uh, so only twice in the last 20 years has someone won the Hawaii double. Keep that in mind if you're going to be betting Cam Smith. He's at plus 800. He's the favorite this week. Webb Simpson, uh, no surprise he'd be right behind him. He's at plus 1,200. Uh, I was surprised to see Mark Leishman at plus 1,600. He was a name that I was thinking of before the odds came out, but that's that's, that's a it's a big number for, for Leishman at 16. Sanjay at 16. Uh, Matsuyama and Corey Connors are 18 to one. That's the, the seven guys, six guys that are under 20 to one. Um, I know who I like here. If I was to pick a player, um, it's, it's Connors. Um, he's played well here in the past, fits the profile perfectly. Um, I know his struggle with the flat stick, but also I touted him last week in our little preview portion for 22. I said, he's going to win this year. Um, so I got to back it up. Uh, you can get a better number. This is DraftKings. You can get a better number elsewhere. That's over plus 2000 currently on Connors. So I like him. I, and I think if you want just a fail safe top 10 play, uh, you cannot go wrong with Webb Simpson uh, at plus money right now, plus 160 on DraftKings. Mark at the top. What do you think? At the top, man, this ain't no hobby. I love Kevin Kisner for this week. Uh, you look at, you look at uh, obviously great, great showing at Kapalua, finishing tied for eighth. Uh, this guy's got top five finishes at uh, YLI over the last three years. I think he's had two top fives. Uh, maybe have to go back to, to five years, but again, a prototypical guy that that drives the ball, um, you know, drives it insanely accurately. Um, good wedge player, good iron player, because he has to be. I think if you look at look at um you know sony i think it favors guys that almost dial in a little bit little bit more with uh with irons and wedge play not because they're that much better just because i think they have to um so kevin kisner obviously had a pretty rough fall season in the wraparound did not play well um late late in the year but uh, obviously in good form uh played last week at sony um so i i really look for kisner uh to be, to be my win bet this week. Um, you know, and lo- looking through also at, at, at some of these odds, you mentioned Corey Connors. I I've, I, I'm kind of hot on points bet right now. Corey Connors at 2000 plus 2000 on points bet, um, more favorable odds. So, uh, I also, I like your pick of Corey Connors, Phil, but, uh, I think Kisner, we're going to keep the Georgia Bulldogs theme going this week. And, uh, I, I really like kids to get the job done. Kisner, of course, won in August at Sedgefield, comparable course, plays well at Sea Island. So can't really go wrong with a Kisner pick. And he played pretty well last week. And, of course, it really doesn't fit his game uh, at, at all. And I think he, I think he finished top 10. So uh, Kisner fits the profile perfectly. Uh, Johnny, 
any of those names at the top or any any of the names that I didn't name that you might like beyond that? Yeah, I think it will. First, I think you're right on Cam Smith. And that with that number being so low, I, I could easily see a top 10 finish. Um, you know, him carrying over playing well uh, because it was such an effortless 30 plus under par score that I think he'll, he'll make the cut and he'll, he'll play well. But um, I did want to bet Mark Leishman really, really bad this week, but 16 to one is that's such a, such a short number. It's not surprising because he's played pretty well. Um, but he is a guy to watch out for whether you want to live bet him um, or pre-tournament bet him. I wouldn't, uh, um, I, I I wouldn't hate it either way. I mean, you never know. Cam Smith, Australian fellow countryman, Mark Leishman. I, I could see him winning this event. I mean, he he fits the profile here. Um, I one guy though, I think is Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I don't. I think he. I don't know how well he actually fits the the, the golf course here, but he's such a good player that I think he can kind of go anywhere here. Um, he played last week. Um, it's just a matter of him getting the putter straightened out. And, and I know it, it can be inconsistent from time to time, but I think as long as he's using the same putter as he was last week, I think, uh, you know, I think he's got a chance and, and eight, 18 to one, I, I, that might be enough for me to bite on that. Yeah. I mean, he, he played pretty solidly last week. He was in the top 10 for a lot of that event. Um, and we know when Hideki gets going with the irons, he gets red hot. Uh, 2,000 and above, uh, answer at 2,200. Uh, another guy that just, if you if you think about the his game, it really would suit this golf course well. Uh, another Georgia Bulldog, Russ Henley at uh, plus 2,200. Uh, Kevin Nod, defending champ at 25. Taylor Gooch, also at 25. Kisner, again, at 30. That Mark mentioned him. Harris English, 3,500, and Seamus Power at 4,000. Um, I think there's a really good chance that the winner could come out of this group because I, I really like two or three guys. I, I'd like too many guys for this event, actually. Um, like I said, you could make a case for answer. Um, Russ Henley is um, – I feel like I've adopted him as my guy. Uh, I, he's played really, really well here. Um, should have won at Sedgefield in August. And, um, he's just, he's just, he's been playing so well and his iron game has been as strong as anyone the last, last six to eight months on tour. Um, and then you got the defending champ and nah, Taylor Gooch. Last time we saw a comparable track at sea Island, he wins. Um, and I really like Seamus power 40 to one. Um, so there's too many guys here to, to, to sort through. Um, but I, I, I really like the power number at 40 to one because again, last year on uh, 2021 top 20 strokes gained uh, total uh, really complete game, really strong all the way through the bag. Um, not a very popular player, obviously, but uh, really, uh, really been strong the last six months. The, I think the power pick there i think it's he's he's undervalued there i think um he played well last week and he was he was 20 under um and and you know obviously pretty good score there and and i think he's gonna have a pretty decent season here um i'm gonna bet that at 40 to 1 i don't know if i'll make it a best bet but i i like it and i don't mind i don't mind the the top 10 at plus 350 either um taylor gooch is the other guy who i i like um I think I talked about him before the, the, the last show there that I, uh, I'm going to be on him a lot this season. I think he's a really good player here and finally, you know, getting that win. Um, I could, uh, I could see some good things for him this season. Uh, 25 to one doesn't really scare me off, but it just makes me pause a little bit. I think, uh, him and power are both kind of similar in, in, I guess how comfortable or how much I trust them both in, in betting and, you know, obviously with power being 40 to one, the much better payout, um, I might end up going with him over the two, but either one I, I, I like, and I think both with them playing last week could carry some good momentum and good play and, uh, um, you know, really be in contention on Sunday. Uh, Mark, uh, nah, is he going to go back to back? 
I don't, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, Phil, I haven't done much homework on Kevin. Uh, a guy that I really like, uh, again, deeper odds at 60 to one is Chris Kirk. Um, Kirk, uh, to continue again, the Georgia theme, this guy has finished, had four top 10 finishes here in the last nine years. So uh, it's really been a lot of boomer bust for Chris Kirk. Um, can't really tell you uh, much of his recent form, but Again, fits fits a good player, kind of from that cut from that Taylor Gooch cloth. Um, as far as uh, as far as other players in that range, also um, really like Seamus Power. Uh, saw a stat the other day that he's finished well, actually with Kapalua. I think eleven of his last like fifteen tournaments have been top twenty five finishes. So uh, obviously in great form. And, you know, I think we're going to get a winner this week that uh, outside of, you know, 2017 when JT went back to back in Hawaii, I think this tournament kind of lends itself to, to finding that surprise winner. Um, you know, you guys mentioned Russell Henley and, you know, players like that that really don't uh, jump off the board maybe as a, as a pick that you that you love. But I definitely think there's value here. Um, I'll tell you another guy I like. Uh, Obviously didn't have his best week at Kapalua, but Abraham Answer, um, again, plays uh, plays this golf course pretty good. He, uh, great iron player, had uh, 31 greens in regulation last year, uh, the first 36, but he still missed the cut. So I think that proves that this guy can play well around Wiley. Just got to get the putter going. Always going to drive it straight enough. And I think a guy like this, you know, coming from a track like Kapalua, was playing slow and long. I think he's going to be really excited to uh, to get over to Wiley. So look for Abraham Answer. I think also to have have a good week. Just if nothing else, kind of a reprieve from from the big ballpark that Kapalua is. I, I, yeah, I, I again, I think Answer fits the profile perfectly, and uh, I think he's he's one of those guys that he got his initial win, and now when's the second one going to come? Uh, see if that happens this year. Um, 40 to 60 range, uh, you know, Mark mentioned, um, uh, Chris Kirk, he's, he's kind of in that range. Um, couple guys that really catch my eye and I, I won't go through each of the names, but, uh, number one, Matt Jones plus 4,500. I, I think he's way overpriced, uh, considering I know he was unbelievable last week, but that was his first top 20 since he won at Honda. Um, he was I think over a hundred to 500, he was in Stewart sink range last week. And now you're seeing a, the next week way overvalued. He's up, he's up in the range of, um, you know, guys that are winning regularly. Uh, so I will be fading the hell out of Matt Jones. I will be targeting him in matchups because uh, again, I just think that was a bit of a, a one-off and he's not this guy that pieces together a bunch of good finishes. Traditionally, he, he pops up, he falls back down. Um, so I just wanted to note Matt Jones. And secondly, I, I will not be folding on Jason Kokrak this week um, at plus 4,500. Um, I know he finished dead fucking last last week. I'm okay with that. Um, it's fine. It's totally fine. In fact, it's it's actually great for this week. Uh, his number dropped. He's 45 to 1, and he's won three times the past 14 months, plus he added that bullshit QBE thing in December with, with Kevin Nah. So I, I I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Jason Kokrak as always. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm buying that up as, as I've already, I've actually already bet it um, because it's, I think it's just a good number on, on win equity, you know, at that number. What do you think, Johnny, in that range, 40 to 60? Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, Kokrak was the guy and I was actually going to kind of come up with that reasoning that he, you know, the fact that he played last week and sometimes, I mean, he still, even though he didn't play good, he, I mean, it wasn't like he had four rounds and four competitive rounds and, you know, he's got his, you know, you get, you get your legs underneath you and f- as far as the competitive golf. And, and we talked about him as being a, a guy who's, you know, who could win multiple events this year um, and at 45 to one, that's, that might be one you want to jump on pretty quickly here. Cause um, I don't know if he's going to get bet a lot, but, um, I, I like that number there. Um, you know, the, the Matt Jones, 
in, you know, since you're just tearing them apart here, you know, I, I wanted to kind of defend him that he shot one twenty three on the weekend. I mean, people who are listening to this probably haven't shot, you know, shoot that in one day. This guy shot it in 36 holes, uh, 61, 62. So, but you're right. I mean, Matt Jones, you know, just comes out of the woodwork every couple of years and wins an event. And I, I can't see him carrying it over. So fading him in matchups is, is, is not a bad idea there. Um, Charles Howell, we got to talk about Charles Howell, this event. I mean, this guy doesn't miss the cut here. I told you to bet him, I believe, last year at uh, top 20 bet, and he finished like 21st, or I told you top 30, and he finished just outside of it. Just He was one one place outside of it. But he's not going to win the event. I don't even know if he's going to finish 10th, but he's probably going to make the cut. And if you look at some of these apps that pay out top 30 and top 40, I would get I would get him just because he's got good a great track record here, um, you know, and he, he just always makes the cut. He's played here like twenty years or something like that. So um, I don't love a lot of the win bets on here, but he's one guy that jumps out. Um, I, I'm going to kind of keep it at that as far as as this group here is about as far as who's, who I like and don't like. Out of the last 13 years, Charles Howell's finished in the top 30 12 times, 12 out of 13. He's finished in the top 10 um, seven of those times. So it's, it is unbelievable. If you could find top 30 or top 40, it's probably going to be plus odds. And uh, I think it's got an auto it's, – it's a system play. We're going to go back to – System play, yes. It, it's a system play this week on, on Charles Howell. Um, 60 to 100, uh, anybody in there, Mark? Well, not. let me back up really quick. One uh, one other guy quickly I think worth mentioning in, in, in the 40 to 60 range. I think uh, let's not sleep on Billy Horschel. I think Billy Ho uh, had a good sure? finish here last – what's that? Is there, are you sure? you sure we can't sleep I'm sure. on him? I'm, I'm sure. I just – just want to put it out there in case we're we're watching this Sunday afternoon and, and Billy Ho's near the top. Um, I, I really like him. Obviously, good uh, good history around Wiley, but this will mark the first time that he's played uh, both Century and Wiley at least in the last five years. So keep an eye on Billy Horschel. Uh, you know, in that sixty to uh, I think sixty to to one hundred to one range. I look at a guy like um, Patton Kazire. Uh, I like Patton Kazire, just, um, you know, not really for for any major reason. You know, I don't think Kazire's a guy that, uh, since he's came on the tour, you know, he took took the Corn Ferry Tour by storm a, a few years back. Um, but really like his game. Uh, I think he, I think he puts, um, you know, provides some good value here. Uh, you know, a, a pretty consistent ball striker, not going to get it going sideways. And I think actually, you know, when you put a course like this in front of him, um, you know, I think, I think, yeah, it's important to drive the ball straight because there's such a premium on iron play, but there's also kind of a different way around it. I don't think it's a golf course that requires one certain uh, type of golf per se. I think you can be a little bit more creative. And I think if you look at a guy like Kazire, if you can get the putter going, uh, at, at 90 to one on points, but, uh, I, I think might be worth a flyer here, uh, you know, late, uh, late Sunday to have a chance. Okay. Fair. Johnny 60 to one, 60 to 100. Um, there's a couple of names I'm, I'm looking at and, and a lot of it is, is course history. Um, Brendan Steele hasn't had, I, I can't imagine he's been in that great a form, but you know, yeah, yeah. fits the golf course really well. I mean, and he should have won. Uh, was it la- last year again? It lost the playoff to Cam. Yeah. Um, you know, really should have won. The, you know, eighty to one's not too bad there, and, and obviously you don't have to bet him as a win bet to to get some equity there. Um, Keith Mitchell, I'm going to keep betting him as long as he's that low. He's too good. I think of that group. I mean, Kazire is probably as talented as Mitchell, but I'll take Mitchell on any of those guys there. Um, one guy, though, that I would 
I, I never mind it when he's kind of showing up in this number here. The the form's not there, but the uh, he fits the golf course is Brian Harmon. Um, we seem to bring him up, you know, from time to time. Seems to be better a better player in the the winter and early spring, and then just kind of you know just kind of hangs around for the summer. I mean, right? I mean, that's what it seems like. We you know the West Coast swing, even though he's an East Coast guy. Um, but you know, he fits the golf course, uh, um, pretty well, but those are the guys I I've, I've targeted in that, in that range there. And, and I don't love any of them to win, but I think they've got good value that, uh, if you throw a couple bucks on them, um, you know, you might get one or two of them in contention, uh, come Sunday afternoon. I got a couple names that I was targeting in that range. Keith Mitchell is one of them. So uh, kind of back you up on that call. Uh, not too long ago, he was running away with the CJ Cup in a really stacked field. Um, I know he didn't play great on the weekend there, but uh, always on Bermuda greens. Uh, he he seems to thrive on Bermuda. His strokes game putting can be like he can gain five in a round. He can lose like eight in a round. He's really volatile, but you pick one of those weeks where he's, he's picking them up and he could win. Uh, you know, obviously he won on a shorter track at Honda a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Denny McCarthy, uh, best putter on tour, uh, 80 to one. Uh, he really excelled. Really? What best putter on tour? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just statistically best putter okay. on tour. Okay. Yes. Especially on Bermuda. Not a great, not a great, not great tee to green at all, but on these shorter courses, he finished 10th at Sea Island in November. Um, you know, generally he can just try to hit it to 20, 25 feet and just out putt people. Um, probably not going to win this tournament, but a plus 700, I like him for a top 10. Um, Keegan, maybe. <laughs> I hate I hate bringing him up. I hate it. But, but you know, I thought you were going to say Matt Kuchar. Uh, oh, I, I, actually, you, I looked at Kuchar. I did. I did. He has been playing better since I started talking about him. No, Keegan. Keegan's interesting, but actually, a guy that's right by Keegan that I like better. That's actually playing better at ninety to one is Mr. Tom Hoagie. Who Tom Hoagie is the last twenty four rounds in this field. He leads in approach, and uh, last time we saw him at Sea Island, he finished top ten. Really hit the ball well there, and uh, he's just going to have to putt halfway decent to actually contend, but uh really good ball striker um, and really wears these oversized um, jackets uh, when it's raining. And uh, he's just, he's just kind of like a big lumbering dude. Um, but Hoagie, he's just, he's just kind of a solid player. He's a solid, nice around a hundred to one play. He, he played well here two or three years ago. Yeah. He was, he was up there. He actually had a good shot at winning. So. I mean, got that, got that course history. Got the course history. Um, let's just go to 101 and beyond. So this 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 goes all the way down to up to plus three or thirty thousand plus forty thousand. Um, I know Mark's probably got a couple in here that he likes. Mark over 100 to one. Who do you got? Peter Malmati. Uh, Malmati finished his 14th here last year. Prototypical guy that uh, fits fits this golf course well. He had a good uh, top 10 finish late in the year at the Bermuda Championship. Um, certainly a guy that uh, is going to make a, a nice career for himself, winning uh, second-tier PGA Tour events, if there's such a thing. Not that this is a second-tier, but uh, two-time winner on the tour already uh, at plus 25,000. I like Malnati. Drives the ball well. And as good as as good of a putter as anyone uh, when he gets it going, which sure a lot of guys can say that, but I think if you look at uh, a good showing here last year, um, maybe the off season does Malnati well, might be worth a flyer. Also, my my boy, I think I can call my boy Ryan Moore uh, at plus twenty thousand. Uh, Your boy, just the, the, my boy. He's he's my boy. I you know I I saw something that. Uh, I forget who it was. It wasn't Phil Nickel. It might have been, uh, maybe it was Phil, but Phil was asked eight, nine, ten years ago. He said 
someone, a reporter asked him, they said, Phil, if you had to pick one player to shoot 65 with your life on the line, who are you picking? And Phil Mickelson said, Ryan Moore. So uh, that counts for something. You know, Lefty's a big gambling guy. Obviously, being a gambling podcast, uh, I, I've got a hunch on Ryan Moore. So so keep your eye on Ryan Moore. I'm sure you can get him at good value, maybe on a top 20 bet. Um, look at Ryan Moore, accurate driver. Uh, not going to get it in trouble around uh, around around Wiley. So really like Ryan Moore and Peter Malnati for a real flyer. Um, longest odds in the field, Indiana's own Bo Van Pelt making a start on the tour. Uh, so yeah. I, I expect nothing from Bo Van Pelt other than uh, I will anxiously kind of watch his score uh, Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon when, when play begins. Uh, hope the best for him, certainly. Um, but no, no, I, I, I really do like with all seriousness. I think Malnati, Malnati stands a chance to show well. Two things on Ryan Moore. Um, I, I feel like he's been my boy for longer than he's been your boy. Um, I, I'm, Johnny will vouch for me. I've been been on the Ryan Moore train for a while. I, I am sad to see him at this long of odds, but he is plus two thousand for a top ten. He's plus eight hundred for a top twenty. So I I think you could do worse. Um, and I'm going to be Googling uh, Phil Mickelson quotes tonight and see if I can find exactly what he said about Ryan Moore shooting 65. Um, it, it could it could have been like Pat Perez or something. Pat Perez, <laughs> Phil Mickelson, well, that's, that's a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually you a good question, one. though. That's actually a good question for, like, all the players right now. Like, who would you take to take? If, yeah. if, if you needed one player to shoot 65 to save your life, who would you pick? Yeah. You know, an, another thing looking looking down here, and I know I, I don't just want to start throwing out names, but but numbers that kind of surprise me, um, Brian Gay at plus 35,000, uh, multiple tour winner recently. Um, Vaughn Taylor, I know hasn't done anything, but but Vaughn Taylor uh, seems to win a tournament about every fourth year. Um, you know, and then, and then last... Uh, let me find um, JT Poston at plus 25,000. I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, missed something on Poston, but this is a guy too that, uh, you know, no reason he couldn't be there. Um, I don't really have anything to go off that, but uh, I think there's, that's what's so exciting about betting golf, right? I mean, I think, I think sometimes we have good fun with, with some of these guys late, but you alluded to it earlier, Phil, when we were starting, you know, I think that's what makes golf betting so interesting. And there's such an upside because, you know, we, we know that the Jacksonville Jaguars are never going to beat the Colts, but you know, you don't know if uh, Sam Ryder gets hot or Sepp Straka or one of these. So it truly is. It's, it's a lot of fun trying to find some value here uh, towards the bottom of the board. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and an event like this where it's not it's not an A level field. I would say it's a B, it's a B field, it's a solid field, but there's not there's not like a real superstar in this field after Bryson withdrew, um, with all respect to Cam Smith. And and that's the fun part is you could easily see one of these guys around 100 to 1, 150 to 1 making a run and winning the tournament. Um Johnny, I, I know you traditionally don't love any of the guys pass 101 to necessarily win so give me your give me your couple top 10 plays that could uh that, that's past 100 to one no i gotta start researching these bottom guys more before these these podcasts here because i basically just scrolling through it i'm kind of overwhelmed by the, just the names that are down here um a lot of times early in the season i like to bet the guy some guys who are the uh um uh corn fairy graduates um a lot of times they're motivated, you know, you know, whatever, because they, they want to get some higher finishes in the early part of the season to uh, to get when they do the, the reshuffle of tournament priority. Um, they, they want a higher ranking so they can they can get into more events there. So, you know, like a guy like, uh, um, you know, Steven Yeager, who played well last uh, all last season and in the playoffs, um, you know, 150 to one there. That's 
again, not going to, I don't think going to win that one, but I mean, I think you could look at him making the cut doing something. Um, I, I always like, I would ever see Davis Riley. I, I like the guy's game. Um, I think he's, he's gotta be, you know, it's going to be one of those things where he's the type of guy who's going to just have to have a season or two on, on tour and get used to the whole, uh, you know, the, the, the big boy golf there. Cause he, you know, he played well on the, the corn Ferry events. Um, and you know, you, you had him on a first round lead bet one time that he ended up, uh, you ended up cashing there. Um, but you know, I could, again, a guy could make the cut and, and, and do, you know, make some noise there. Um, guys won before and, and kind of at random, uh, uh, Nate Lashley, he's really, really up and down, but he's a tour winner. Um, and when he's gosh, he's had some good weeks where when he's played good, it's been really, really good. Now you're at 200 to one. I mean, he's, that's, that's very, very accurate to where he could be. So, you know, but he's a guy though, that, that has actually won an event there. So, you know, if you're looking to throw literally a couple dollars there, I mean, you know, a guy like that, who's won before and, and actually has, has some game, you know, when it shows up there, he, you know, he could play pretty well there. Um, I'm probably not going to bet. I want to just for, you know, we always, I throw these random ass names out here. You know, I think we had the Adam Spenson bet based on some strokes game numbers that failed miserably. Um, I'm staying away from him. Um, just, just, you know, for, so everybody knows there, but uh, yes. um, there's actually some, there's actually some decent names out there. It's just, uh, you know, I, I don't like it when there's this long layoff because you just really don't know. I mean, you could throw a couple dollars at, at a lot of these guys. Um, and one guy, I'm gonna, I don't even want to say the guy's name. I saw Jimmy Walker down there and I was like, is he healthy? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. That, you know, another that, guy, uh, the final that, one that we'll talk about old washed up guys here since we've, so we're talking about Jimmy Walker is Jerry Kelly. Doesn't that guy normally make the cut at this event? Played really well here. Uh, he I has, mean, yeah, he has a, a past, great past champion as well, isn't he? Or no? Yeah. And he, he just, he always plays well here. I mean, top 40 finish on, on Jerry Kelly, which I can't even believe I'm talking about this, it's, but you know what? I did like Stuart sink top 20. He finished 21st last week. Jerry Kelly, what is he at here? Well, I will say Jerry Kelly had three straight top tens at this event, 2014, 2015, 2016. And that's not that long ago. He made the cut. Plus 275, top 40. So all he's got to do is beat, make the cut and beat 20 guys. And yeah, he's finished top 10. Guy plays really, really well there. I'm not going to make him the best bet, but if you're listening to the podcast and he that's pretty good value based on on his course history okay that's all i got jerry kelly um so i i had a couple of course in here um uh alex smalley is at 110 to one uh corn ferry tour grad that's a good Uh, one small sample size but Positive in, in all the categories and strokes gained early in his career. Interested to see if he can carry that over, but I don't mind him this week as a flyer. Um, Graham McDowell, I have not said his name on this podcast, I'm confident, and the almost 100 episodes that we've done. Um, but at 180 to 1, he has a decent history here. Top five a couple of years ago. Um, it showed somewhat decent form in the fall. Um, Flyer on Graham McDowell, 180 to one. And then my last one was um, uh, Ryan Armour. He does this thing where he shows up about once every 10 events yeah. and it's courses like this. And it's, uh, it's, he just, he looks like a guy that would play this course. Well, if you just look at his face as well, you're like, Oh, I could see why Ryan Armour, he, he just bunts it out there two eighty two. And uh, hits it to 12 feet and then makes a share of putts. So Ryan Armour had a Sony face. Yeah, 200 to 50 to 1, uh, plus 1800 for a top 10. Um, I love Mark's JT post and play at 300 to 1. That is way underpriced. And I do love the Jerry Kelly play as well. Um, that's it. I see Richie Wierenski down here at 400 to 1. He was, uh, he was kind of a name not that long ago. Um, Luke Donald, there he is again, 400 to one. 
this toiling in uh, mediocrity, not even mediocrity, less than not that. even. Who, who, who would be the who would be the guy if you needed someone to shoot sixty five to save your life? Who would you pick? Oh my god! Oh, I I, I, Johnny, I already Johnny, I, you I want to start with that. I just, no, I don't. I want to make sure Phil. I want to make sure Phil's sitting down before I give you my player. <laughs> oh God, yes, I got to uh, do this here. It's going to be like Steve Marino, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, that guy got the. He's forever one of my favorite dudes for getting the shit kicked out of him by Ernie Els on his plane. That's right. I love that story. It's my favorite. That is isn't Steve, didn't, didn't Steve Marino get arrested a few years back for public intox at uh, uh, the Waste Management? Really? I think he did. And and if he didn't, I apologize to Steve if he's listening to the show tonight. Um, he doesn't have a neck. He, he's fine. Uh, he's, only 40, he's, he's only 41. Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter. Stop it. So, so, it, so if tomorrow you had to choose well, anyone, you had to choose anyone on earth to, to shoot 65 to save your life, well, you choose I, Ian Poulter. It, is this, is this like, I mean, I mean, is this a, no, I, I mean, Look, he's not he's not gonna be like an obvious pick, but but I I don't think Ian Poulter's scared of anything. What? And I think I think that uh his play over the years, I mean, I, I think the the guy is just competitive as hell. And is he the best ball striker? He he doesn't do anything well, but but for like a scrappy type bet like that, I mean I'm I mean, no, probably not, but I think he's a good choice. Who is your pick, Phil? I'm curious. Well, I, and, I, get, I mean, so we I, gonna, I mean, if we're going to if we're going to say like Dustin Johnson, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. But no, I, I like Ian Poulter. I, I mean, if you if you ever are in a situation like that, do you want a kid like Justin Thomas that was raised at a country club or do you want a fighter? Do you want to do you want a bulldog? I want Justin Thomas. I want Justin Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny because I, I was going to say Justin Thomas was, was my pick. If I could pick anyone. Now, if, if you're taking out the top 20 in the world and then I got to go from there onward, then, yeah, I guess I would have to think about it more. But uh, JT, to me, I was thinking about this Friday when he was going real low and Saturday and that when he when he gets hot he he is he's unbelievable also he gets ice ice cold with the putter but um i would choose him. that'd be my guy tomorrow if i had to choose that well and i Wouldn't, think i think a lot of it i know it's a hypothetical but i think i think so much of it too would depend on the golf course right i mean if if you're looking at a yeah if you if you're taking a course like a, like a traditional U S open setup, granted we might have to adjust the number from 65. No, I don't think Ian Poulter is your guy, but I think if, uh, if we're talking middle of the road tour stop, I mean, so many guys are capable, but who's, who's going to do it under the gun, uh, with, with, uh, the pressure meaning nothing. That's kind of where, where I was drawn to a guy like Poulter. Sure. If it was the U S open setup and we'd adjust the number to 68, I'd probably take Brooks Kepka. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Or a, uh, yeah, Brooks Kepka, um, Xander Shoffley. If you put Xander in there, you don't trust Xander. You don't trust Xander. <laughs> if, if you listen don't or talk watch, about him. Don't talk about Xander to him. If you listened or watched last week, you would have would have known my feelings about Xander. Um, uh, Johnny, what's your answer? The sixty fives. Well, I mean. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm not. I would love to go Justin Thomas, but I ain't trusting a dude with my life for that, with that kind of a putter. Some days, um, no, no. I mean, he go deep. I, I, you know, the second greatest iron player of all time, Colin Morikawa. I mean, he at least though, you know, he'll grind it out for me and everything like that. So, you know, I, I'd feel I'd feel kind of kind of best with him. But uh, then I got a little bit down the board. I think Daniel Berger. Oh, love it. That guy's kind of a, I mean, gritty dude and everything. I'm not sure if he's just, you know, one of those guys who just shoots 65 whenever, you know, whenever he feels like it and everything. But, you know, as far as a guy who can kind of go out there and, and, and he'll, he'll, you know, I think he'll wear you down and everything like that. And, 
I, I I'd be I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, I Berger is yeah, he's so tough and he I I just love him as a match play player because he I think he just wants to cut everyone's throat and, and then tell you about it later. Um yes. and I, I love that about him. Um well that's that was a good debate. Uh not 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 scripted, but I, I appreciated that and uh I appreciated the Ian Pulser uh discussion and and the Steve Marino reference, frankly, that was my favorite part. Um all right, guys. That's Google so- Steve Marino and Ernie Els. You have to Google that. And it's just a fucking amazing story. It's a great story. It really is. And one of one of Mark's favorite players from the 2010, early 2010 era as well. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you what, uh as great as this podcast was, and Phil, you can I'll I'll save you the the time of thanking at least me from coming on to the show. I'm going to leave you guys with a great bet that I think Johnny will appreciate. Losers of four in a row, the Detroit Red Wings. Tonight, puck drop, 10.30. San Jose Sharks, book it. The Detroit Red Wings are going to get off the schneid before they head back to the Little Caesars Arena. So if you want a quick $5 bet, let's roll with the Red Wings tonight at 10.30. I know that. I'll defer to I'll defer to both you guys on hockey. Yeah, that's a good bet. That's, that's, that's a good bet. I like that. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Phil. I enjoyed that greatly. That's the uh, that's the Sony Open preview, uh, second leg of the Hawaii Swing, and I think we thoroughly analyzed that field, uh, probably too much. So, uh, Mark, Johnny, uh, appreciate you guys being here and uh, getting this thing done tonight. Good. Thanks again. Thanks, the guys. the uh, the YouTube channel is is up. Uh, we had the initial episode on last week. We had uh, the week eighteen preview with Colin also up. We also talked about uh, the NBA last week as well. We went in depth about Ja versus Zion. Check that out if you can on our YouTube channel. This episode will be up as well, uh, probably tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. Um, so subscribe if you can. And, uh, of course, listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple as well. Your best bet. Appreciate everyone listening, and we'll check you out later in the week.